what got his ass now. <laughs> Big time, especially because one of the. race can change the rest of your life. Those absolute clowns at 15bmx.com. Go on, do my best, and whatever happens, then it's good. My butt all got stretched a little bit. And I got a tight little butt. Look, I'm about to light this shit up. Coffee Chatter Live, where are you guys at? Oh, Canada! Coming out of the answer tent right now. Pop Dog Millionaire! Let's make some noise, Tori Nighthog! Whoa! Show 191. We're back, baby. We're live on YouTube, 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, March 6th, 2023. Thanks to people tuning in live on YouTube. Thanks to our listeners on uh, the variety of different apps we got, 15bmx.com. Jay Smooth, Jeremy Smith, fresh off a recent podium in Oldsmar. Pretty stoked for him, man. Hardworking guy, great rider. It'll be, it'll be fun to talk to him and talk BMX. What's up, James? That was a fantastic intro. I feel like I fucking nailed the intro. There. That was one of our best ones. Yeah, you gave plenty of information right off the bat, letting people know what we're doing, when we're doing, how we're doing it, and who's coming on. <laughs> just the absolute <laughs> works right off the bat. I love it. It might be one of the best intros I've given, I think. Like if we just keep changing honest. the date over your voice there, we could just keep playing that thing over and over. Just, just like keep it on. in the road. Just <laughs> keep rotoing road it. One of the things we haven't mastered yet, yeah, but that was that was clutch. Um, very excited for the show too, man. Just uh, Jay Smooth, great character, good guy. Loves the game, works hard, crashes the crashes the net, crashes the boards, all the works. Pucks in deep, grinder. I'm, re I'm um, actually really looking forward to talk to him about his whole Acre Brown um, setup and how that's going with him. I think we when we talked to him last time, I can't remember when it was. To be honest, he he was doing it a little bit. But now to, to see where it's at and get an update on it, it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've turned into live streamers. We've been low-key, consistent Monday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube. We're coming around ever so slowly. You know, I don't think we're big change guys, but, you know, it's the way of the world these days. You put it on YouTube for people that want to watch live, even though we're still mainly an audio podcast. But, hey, people like it sometimes. We're definitely mainly an audio podcast, but it's fun to do it live on YouTube also. Like we might as well just do it live, have some uh, listener participation. You know, it just adds another flavor to it so people can watch it. I mean, if you watch it live, you can watch the replay on YouTube as well if you're just hanging out. It's like you watch Joe Rogan on Spotify or whatever on your TV. Do the same with us. Yeah. Um, yeah, it adds to it. I'll be honest, when I'm uh, making dinner, a lot of the time if I'm home by myself, which is pretty much every night, um, I just put my iPad on the counter and I'll play a podcast, but I'll do it on YouTube. So I can like, if I want to like turn to see what they're doing, but I will say some of the ones I watch, they'll like throw a little video clip in now and again, we're not in that level yet. Cause ours are just straight live to YouTube. It's not like we're not doing any editing to these things. Hey, like people got to know this. There's no editing involved here for the YouTube part. It's just straight live. Yeah. I was actually watching one. Are we on YouTube right now? Yeah, we're on YouTube. I'm, oh, I'm seeing I'm seeing you seeing me on YouTube. Like I see us. Where are we at? Take a take a look. See for anybody oh. listening online, oh, if you yeah. ever want to watch yeah, yeah, no, uh, Coffee yeah, Chat yeah, YouTube down. channel. Yeah, got it. So I was actually watching a, a a podcast on YouTube today. I was watching the No Laying Up Golf podcast from weekend recap. I was watching that when I had some free time today between Zoom meetings. That's a that's a solid one, isn't it? 
yeah, it's uh, it's a good one. Anyway, yeah, Jay Smooth talked about Olsmar. Um, he has just had a steady career at this point. He is just an absolute staple on the U.S. circuit. He's he is a staple. I mean, I don't know for how many years now, but it just seems like if you if he's not at the race or he's not in the mix like somewhere, it, it would be weird because he's a standard issue. You turn to USA BMX race, he's one of the guys you just expect to see every time. And he's he's gotten better and better each year too. Like he hasn't plateaued; he's still improved. He's your age, right? He is, yeah, yeah. So he's actually had a, a kind of like a later steady incline, like climb. Yeah, so he's twenty nine this year, right? Yeah, yeah. So kind of yeah, kind of interesting because I feel like. I feel like when I was younger, I mean, I, maybe it's the ABA thing where I don't remember ever being in the mix with him or racing him, but I think he maybe raced amateur maybe a year or two more. And then when he turned pro, I don't, he obviously wasn't as fast as he is now. And then like in the past, what would you say? I don't know, five years. It's just an each mm. year he's just been chipping away slowly and slowly ever since he was, I think of it like the 2018 range, later years of his extreme team days. He was on like a purple bike, maybe orange bike. I can't remember now, but yeah. Yeah, he's always been fast. Um, you know, it's funny. It used to be like pros turn 29, 30, and they're at the end of their career. People are still very much in their prime at that at that um, time in their life now. Like Sylvan, look at Corbin. Joris is even thirty, going to be 32 this year. Elise is going to be 32 this year. It's gotten quite a bit older, this generation. How do you, like, why, how do you think that's possible? Is there one specific reason? I think we all started Supercross. I think that... Like when my group came into Supercross, so I'm the same age as Sylvan and like Laura and Elise were all kind of the same age, basically. Mm -hmm. When we all came into Supercross, we probably did it as juniors coming in, whereas the group ahead of us had to start doing it later in their 20s. So I think that's probably why they stopped earlier because they weren't brought up with it. So it was something new and it's hard to change and adapt to Supercross, especially later in your career. And I think in sport in general, just the training has gotten better, nutrition's gotten better, kind of everything's just improved. Everyone's learned how to make their career longer, be smarter, maintain yourself, maintain your body longer. I think all that kind of stuff adds up together. I always, I think, uh, try to blame it a little bit, obviously on the supercross stuff, but also just on treating our bodies better and learning how to just take care of them more. But I don't know how much that's the case. Like I, I don't know if that's real or not. Like we have a lot more tools these days. I feel like maybe, maybe more knowledge too, to understanding how to treat our bodies. But are we really doing much different than people were back then? And by back then, it's like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. It's like not even long. I wouldn't say a night and day difference, but a little bit here and there. So if you just add a little bit here and there for all the different um, aspects of training and racing, it adds up to a difference. Yeah, fair. I had a laugh. I, it was like a, I think it was a Charles Barkley interview. And there's this thing in the NBA, I guess, as of late, where like a lot of the top guys won't play a full season or they'll just take games off. And they're like, you know... I got to rest. Basically you got a long season. I got to rest. And they're like, some people are like, well, you're getting paid like millions and millions of dollars. You mean you tell me you can't play basketball on a weekly basis. Like guys back then played basketball on a weekly basis. And he's like, he's like, yeah, you guys are, I think Barkley said this something like you're getting paid millions of dollars. You have all the highest or most advanced technology of healthcare equipment at your disposal. You mean to tell me you can't play three to four basketball games a night or a week. Sorry. It's kind of true. Fucking hard enough hard enough yeah. and play it's your job it's kind of true isn't it it makes sense and i, I mean kind of related to bmx like my i've i've always been a guy too that's been like ah, actually, you know i need a little more rest here i want to prep for this other race it's like sometimes maybe we're not getting paid the same amount but maybe it's just like oh you sometimes you just got to do it it's your job 
from Alicia English uh, in the live YouTube chat. Who holds the record for the youngest and oldest World Cup win in elite men, women? The youngest? Good question. I mean, Sam would have won when he was like, what? Junior? Just turned 18. Just turned 18. That's probably the youngest. Because didn't he win second year junior? Yeah. Yeah, so, so he, that's got to be the youngest. Just turned 18, like after the world, and he won one. Yeah. So that's the youngest, right? I would think. Yeah. I don't know about women, but I know for men. Yeah. Uh, women, women, women. Who? You got to think it'd be like a Mariana or someone. Like probably Mariana at some age. She didn't win one, though, until... Did she not win one until after her world championship in 2011? She didn't win a world cup before that. So she, how old was she then? She wasn't 18. In 2011? 2011? Yeah. Should have been 20 because she's a year older than me. That was my first year of the week. Yeah. I, I thought that was a thing about her that she, she hadn't even won a world cup and then she went and won the world champs in Copenhagen. And it was like, holy crap. Huh. So I think, so I think somebody who's been younger. And then oldest would, I mean, this probably like a recent winner, I would think. Like Joris last year, we would have been what thirty-one. Yeah, yeah, he might That's, be up there. I think actually, yeah. That would probably be the oldest one, I would think. Would it be like Elise for the women then? Or well, yeah, Mariana for Elise last year would have been thirty-one. So yeah, so Mar Mariana won Columbia. So yeah. Unless uh, Graf in twenty twenty-one. Graf was one. Graf Graf's only a year older than Joris, isn't he? No, he's three years older than me, so he's two years older than Joris. So he would have been. Ooh. How old was I in 2021? So I would have been 29. Hey, Graf would have been 32. So I think Graf has it. He would have been 32. All right. Hell yeah, Graf. The Graf 32, that must be the oldest winner, I would think. Yeah. Let's go G-Raf. I haven't talked to G in a while. We might have to get an update from him soon. We're going to need a G-Raf update. Yeah, for I think sure. it's time for a check-in. There's a couple guys been... we haven't had a good check-in with lately. G-Raf, Phillips. Like, oh, Alfredo. King, Alfredo, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to need a GRAF update. He was a staple on the show. He's been really quiet on social since he retired a year and a half ago. He seems like he's doing, I know he's a coach now, so it's maybe he's doing retirement right, though. He's not racing. He's just coaching. No, he's not. <laughs> he's not, he's not Vinny. <laughs> um, Thunder Midget in the chat says, how many original single A's are left in Elite? What are we talking? I mean, no what are we talking? Orig uh, like original? Yeah, singles? that's. Yeah, that's kind of. That's a. I don't know how to answer that one. Original yeah. single A's. Single A was around for what till for a while. I raised single A. Probably or, yeah, the last like what or something. Single A was around like 2016, 17, I think. Yeah, 2017. I think Alex was racing. Tugas was racing single A in the series at one point. Mm. Yeah. Um. Before we get any further, Progate Europe. Winning starts with an absolutely great gate. If you want a gate as smooth and great as J Smooth, then you're probably going to have to uh, build a track in your backyard. And if to make it good, though, you need to probate Europe. You need one. Yeah. We all know winning starts with a great gate. J Smooth, fantastic starter. I bet he loves a good pro gate. There's a reason why he, you know, went, he, he does so well at Oldsmar. It's because he has a pro gate Europe to practice on. It's a nice, it's a new one. It's a good, you know, it's fast. It's got good grip, any conditions. They ride it all the time. You should get one yeah. and ride it all the time. So the first F1 was this weekend in the Bahrain GP. Yeah. Um, did you? I caught the highlights. Did you catch the highlights or did you watch it? I watched the first five, six laps and had to go to the track and then watch the highlights after. Yeah. Lewis Hamilton is just getting spanked these days. It's not. It's. Yeah. 
He is. It's the Mercedes car is not Mercedes like it was three years ago. God, motorsports just seem like the most frustrating thing in the world because you could just not have the not have the company and you're just not going to win. You it's just like it's never a level playing field. You just can't do anything about it as the driver too. Like obviously, you can give your input, you can try to help them develop the car, but like when you're racing and your car's just slower, what are you supposed to do other than just get past? <laughs> It's just crazy to me that it's like you want the Mercedes won world championships for how many years? Like fucking figure it out. <laughs> like, how, can, how can you not figure it out? You got, you got endless money. Actually, do they have a cap now on money spent? I yeah, they, they do, do have right? a cap. They have one last year too, which is fucking Regardless, bullshit. You're, you're the most <laughs> like, you're like one of the, I don't know. I don't know how even what is, you're like the most, re, one of the most reputable car brands in the world. And you just just fucking figure it out, guys. Come on now, it's, it can't like it's, it's got to be hard, but it can't be that hard like, when dude, you are already so they successful. Make, they make their own motors, like dude, just just make a good car. It's not like you have to get a motor imported from fucking Honda or someone like that or Ferrari. No. You're getting your own motor. Just juice like, that puppy up. Like do the job. You're not doing your job. Right you're, now. <laughs> you're a Mercedes, okay. I'm sorry, but you're not a Haas. You're not an Alpha Tauri. You're not one of these other. You're not one of these midfield cars, and you're driving like a, a just above midfield car, and it's pissing me off. I don't want to say it's not hard, but it shouldn't be this hard for you. I mean, this is your job. You're you a car manufacturer. The amount of people that they probably have working for them in the factory. Oh my god! And somebody can't figure it out. Figure it out. And the worst part is George. Freaking gets on the team last year, my guy, and just gets put in a shit box. Yeah. It's a joke. Yeah. He finally gets on a good team, and it's not even the best team. I swear he was driving better in a Williams than he is in this Mercedes right now. Oh, I, we, we, yeah, probably, probably not. <laughs> I mean, that's probably a little far, but, you know. I think my Toyota Tacoma goes faster than a Williams. <laughs> um, is the new drive to survive out yet? It is, yeah. It came out like a week or two ago. Yeah. Holy shit! I didn't even know it was out. I need to watch it. Yeah, you need to go take a look. It's a good one. There's some already some spicy. One of them's one of the episodes. Um, I'm halfway between the episodes. Is really spicy. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't actually. I I had checked like a few weeks ago, and I knew I was coming out soon, but I totally forgot. So I need to. I need to give it a watch. It is just. Although we're golf guys and we wanted full swing that golf documentary to be as good as Drive to Survive, it's, it's never, really not. It's never gonna, no, it's never going to be as good. It's just like the action that goes on in Formula One, the speeds that they're at. We know how much money is being spent in these cars. The speeds, the yeah, everything about it is just. And it, there's a little more of an allure to F1, I think, because it's like everything seems a little top secret when it comes to the cars and what the guys do behind the scenes. I don't know why. That's what I feel like. F1's a sexy sport, even if you don't yeah. follow. You can see it or go to a GP like this is fucking sick. Yeah. If a normal person went to a golf tournament, they'd be, this is the dumbest sport on the planet. Like seriously though, right? <laughs> so it's like it's never even gonna be close. Who's your guy in the Mission Impossible movies? Who's the main main guy? Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. When Tom Cruise is just why is he why is he my guy? Oh, he's not your guy. You're you know Mission Impossible movies. You like Mission Impossible. I just oh, okay. sorry. I was gonna say I'm not I don't yeah. No, no, okay. no. You like Mission Impossible movies. I remember that. That's how I excellent. Yeah. I love Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. Anyways, whenever with Tom Cruise is like at your event and he's just dapping up Lewis Hamilton, you know your your sport is sick. Yeah, I mean they just have like a list of A-list celebrities at those. 
it's it's unbelievable how many people show up for them. Yeah. I would have never known where the hell Bahrain is. I still don't even know where Bahrain is. <laughs> There's the, the places they are, it's it's I have no idea. It's just somewhere that direction. <laughs> it's in like Sakir Bahrain or is it Bahrain? It's Sakir is the city. Sakir. Is that what it is? Great question. I don't know. I no, I I mean I'm guessing Eastern Europe somewhere, but I have no clue. Somewhere in the Middle East, I thought. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm probably I'm probably just way wrong. I probably sounded really dumb there. I was no thinking clue. what yeah, I was thinking way over that that direction. <laughs> Oh, it's kind of cool. They got one in Vegas this year, actually. They got, I think there's three in the US. They got Vegas, Austin, and Miami. Dude, the Vegas one's going to be wild. If they're driving down the strip, are you kidding me? Which is interesting that they put three in the US because there always used to be just Austin. And I feel like F1 wasn't nearly as big in North America or the US, but maybe after Drive to Survive, it is now because obviously there's a market for it if they're putting three in the US. I legit think it's because of the documentary, too. I I think so, too. Like, I feel like we're pretty we're pretty middle of the road people when it comes to if, if I got into it because of the documentary, there's millions of people that did as well. So say BMX has this just hypothetically, let's have some fun. Okay. So say the same thing happens with BMX, like the exact same producers, like, you know what BMX racing or in for it. <laughs> and they just do the same thing. Do you think it changes anything? <laughs> does it come out as sick? What level between the full swing and the drive to survive, does it come out a sick level? Like, how sick is it? Has it cool? So how do we even watch this sport? They'll be like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. How do we watch it? <laughs> Just like the full swing, they'd have you on and they'd be like, okay, so so what we do is we do three rounds first, okay? Then they take the top, tw- you know, whatever, 32 in points. We move on to quarterfinals. Then you take the top four out of each rack. And if you don't make it, you go home and you make no money. So here's the schedule. You got to watch it every hour and a half. You got to go usabmx.com slash live stream, or you go to Olympic channel. You got to Google it and then click through like a few different links and you see it for like an hour and a half at 3 a.m. And it's like, well, <laughs> awesome. It's like as a viewer, if it's too difficult, you just end up saying fuck it. So the first, first live golf tournament was like two weeks ago. And they're like, oh, we're going to broadcast on the CW network. So I was like, oh, you know, I'll tune in and check it out and watch it. Yeah. I searched my, on my cable TV and like, I saw the CW network and I was like, okay, well, it's not there. Then it was like, okay, this was a Friday. Yeah. And then I double checked the website. I was like, okay, it's on the CW app on Friday. And then Saturday, Sunday, it's on the CW like channel. So I checked still wasn't on the CW channel on Saturday, Sunday. So I was like, where the fuck do I even watch this? (laughs) You got to download the app. So I downloaded the app and then you gotta, you gotta watch it on the app on like a smart device, not even a computer. On a computer, I think it's something. So I was like, this is just ridiculous. I mean, I can't just, I can't hop through 25 <laughs> steps to watch it. I mean, it's either on TV or it's not. Figure yeah. it out. <laughs> you have to, you have an option. It's either TV or basically it's YouTube. Don't do one of these random other sites. Like you have to go on an iPad to watch it through your, your provider. That's a joke. Yeah, so I ended up watching it for a bit and then I stream it. To, I was like airplaying it onto my TV or what, not airplay, whatever it's called onto my smart TV. But then whenever my phone, like the, the screen turned off, it would pause the broadcast. So I was like, well, this, and I couldn't leave, I couldn't leave the app. And I was like, well, this just isn't feasible. I can't not have my phone for four hours. Like <laughs> we are living that world right now. We can't do that. Oh, uh, point being is like, if you make it too difficult to watch, people just aren't. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. You need to have an easy access. It's either on TV, it's on a channel where you flick to, 
or to be honest, it's on YouTube or a straight link that you just open up in a place? I got to say the USA BMX live stream, like on the topic of uh, broadcasting, there actually are quite a few ads. That's pretty cool. Hey, like yeah. that's cool. I mean, there should be, if that's the live feed and you have people watching, it makes total sense. It's probably very valuable for a sponsor to put an ad on there. That's, and it's like, yeah. no one's under the impression that's going to millions of people, but it's literally the only people watching are BMX people. So you're just direct reach to the sport, which is smart. That's exactly your market you're trying to target all in one place. You know exactly the amount of people that are going to see it too, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it, it, it's not 20,000 people, but it's 1,000. But it's 1,000 of people that are literally buying the product you're you're pushing. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, I got to say the answer one was sick. You made a good appearance in Oldsmar. Love it, thank ad. you. Love to hear that. Love yeah. to see it. Thank you, I appreciate it. I got to say that the answer ad was was well done. I thought it was cool. It's just a, it's banger video after banger video, isn't it? Yeah, it was sick. Yeah. Like it was cool. Yeah. It was like a bunch of obviously training clips, like at Abbotsford and wherever, but it yeah. turned out really cool actually. I agree. I mean, it's funny that it's just like, it, it's something as simple as that. That's the coolest things to watch. I mean, we put our coolest clips on social media. So why don't we make it into an ad where people actually be entertained watching it too? Yeah, totally. So yeah, I, I don't, I think it's valuable to sponsor on there. Yeah. Big time. Uh, Brendan Arnold just texted me. I can't see it anymore because it just dropped. I'm on my phone screaming. Anyways, uh, I got and, it too. Oh, okay. And Caroline was 32. Yeah. yeah. And Caroline Chasson was 32 and she won women's. Yeah. yeah. So that's oldest. That's pretty good. Um, pretty good. I mean, at least sort of Mariana wins one this year. They'll be the oldest tied. So I think that, I think they will. So. I, I kind of feel like they will too. Yeah. ACC. What a legend she is. And Carol, Caroline. What's, how do you say her last name? Chasson. Chasson. And Caroline, Speaking of those, you want to hear something interesting. So, you know, in Canada, we obviously have a French influence with Quebec. Yeah. So we say, we say like we spell meter M E T R E. Yes. Compared to the U M E T E R. Cause we have French influence. We also say words like niche instead of in the U S they say niche. Yep. And then I found another one. So I explained to Savvy that shouldn't even, she didn't realize it that we say it that way. Cause obviously here they say niche, but it's actually niche. Mm -hmm. same with um we got a so what do you call something that the flowers sit in like a like pot? flowers sit in, a flower yeah bed. what do you call no, no no a pot like in the house like in like the the thing um a vase uh you say vase okay i say vase okay yeah my i hear both ways i say vase 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 i just yeah. don't say vase because i feel like i'm sounding a little bit stuck up oh I'll put in the vase <laughs> Well, that's actually, I think, how you say it, probably. Vase, yeah. I think like my, yeah. Yeah, when I say vase, it doesn't sound like it, it sounds like a weak way of saying it. If I say vase, it means, yeah, I know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, vase. Okay. Yeah, I my mom always says, grab a vase for the flowers. It's a vase, yeah, it's a vase. French word. But a vase or a vase. Here it's vase. Yeah, I think we go back and forth now. I'm trying to think about it. Interesting, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Vase. I thought it was just like a fancier way of saying it. I know it makes sense that it's more French. I mean, you do you do definitely sound more bougie saying vase than vase. <laughs> Bad bougie, baby. Grab the vase. Yeah, grab the vase. Yeah. Um, before we got a couple minutes before Jeremy comes on, do I want to quickly rip you through the story I just heard? Yeah, let's hear. Okay, so I just I'm not gonna. I read about this person who um, had some anti-doping violation, and they basically couldn't figure out what the hell it was and why they got tested positive for this. And they basically 
took it to the cycles of taking it to court and saying like, we need to get tests done on this, like through the UCI or whoever, wherever it is and get tests done to figure out how this happened, why it happened and get my name cleared because I haven't done anything wrong. Basically that's what the, they were mm-hmm. saying. I'm going to make this story really, really short. They got tested for something. I think that was like a, some kind of drug and it helps your appetite, helps you eat more, something like that. They okay, had so a, I smell. what? I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they smoked weed. Oh, just... Yeah, yeah, wait, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much right <laughs> they got the yeah. munchies, nice. Yeah, yeah they cool. got the munchies, nice. Um, so, long story short, their dog, I guess, was I don't even know if I should be saying this, but I'm not saying the person doesn't matter. Their dog was like uh, sick, I guess, and they were giving them drugs to help them, and one of them was to help them eat more, and it was like oils, mm-hmm. and the oils got on their hands and absorbed into their skin and into their blood, and that's what they tested positive for, and they went through and like tested this, that that was actually right, and 100% it was right. And they got cleared of everything, obviously, because of this, and 100%, yeah. How can they know if that's if it's valid, if it actually came through your hands compared to ingesting it? Like, how do they? I guess they, they, they well, they, I think something like they did test exactly like, like this, and they were able to see that we're getting positives because of this. That's so scary. What was the substance? Do you know? I don't remember. I'd have to look it mm. up, and I don't remember. It is some kind of was like it a oil. Canadian? No, was it a Canadian act? No, no, I think it was US, maybe. I just heard so many people. Oh yeah, I didn't take steroids. My physio used to cream, and it's like, okay, dude. Well, no, they did. Hundred percent. I started reading this. I was like, I feel yeah. the exact same. I'm like bullshit. And then the way they explained this is the first time in my life. I was like, holy That's crap! Me. Like, if you did tests and you're getting the same results as what you get, like, yeah, makes sense. Wow, crazy, hey? That's so scary. You got man. You just got to be so careful. Yeah. Like, you got to be so careful with anything. It's nuts. It's honestly nuts. So. Yeah. Fuck. All athletes, be warned. Wear gloves if you're, I don't know, helping your dog recover. Don't uh, take uh, don't take stuff if you're not certain. Yeah, that too. Uh, Jay Smooth in the chat. You ready? Are, yeah. Is the people ready for him? I think the people are ready for him. Yeah, of course they're ready for Jay Smooth. Bring it on. The, the alligator. The alligator. <laughs> Big Dan's going to switch from Jay Smooth to the alligator. Gator. Yeah, Jeremy, I'm going to start calling you the gator. Is he on? What's that? I'm going to start calling you the alligator. Stop, James. Tori, what were you saying? Sorry, I couldn't hear you. I'm going to start calling you the alligator. The alligator? Why is that? I don't know. You're from Florida. There's a lot of gators in Florida. Yeah, that's true. We actually actually, uh, caught a gator in our little pond on our property, but he was over there, and I didn't really catch him. Juan Marin did it, but it was cool. No shit. How big was it? It was probably about five foot. So, I mean, not like a huge one, but I don't know. He was confident enough to catch it. It was crazy. <laughs> so do you guys, like, do they, they're obviously, like, live in the water and stuff, but do you ever see him just walking around the area? Uh, Sometimes. There was a pretty big gator on the side of the road where I live. It was dead. Like, I don't know if it got hit by a car, but. I'd imagine, like, if you weren't in a truck, it would have wrecked your car pretty good. But, like, you actually see them more in, like, the subdivisions that have, like, the really nice ponds and stuff like that. I think people see them more there because they're just looking for water or something. Are they, so, are they an actual, like, concern to people in Florida? 
That's a good question. I'm honestly not sure. I think like I was saying, like in the subdivisions where like people have their dogs out in the backyard and stuff. Yeah, so like maybe there, yeah, like you got to keep an eye out and stuff. But honestly, I haven't had too many problems with them since I've moved here. <laughs> I know I don't mess with them. They don't mess with me. We're good. Yeah. Tori, what's in it? What is our version of an alligator here in Canada? It's like bears, probably. Probably yeah, seen a bear? bear. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be a bear. Yeah, okay. Because like we don't really we don't really care. Like they're not uncommon. It's not uncommon to see one, but no one gets freaked out if you see one. Whereas that's if you it. tell someone that, like, you're are you fucking kidding me? You guys got bears in your yard? <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Yeah, like it's not you sometimes, yeah, you just hear like um a noise and it'll be be in the garbage on your patio, like a big yeah. black bear. Yeah, you just going to take the trash out and look up and you got a bear right there. <laughs> yeah, and it's actually, there's a lot, like, in the city where my parents are, there's a law. You can't put your garbage out the night before because it'll attract the bears. Yeah. Crazy town. Um, but anyway, dude, congrats on your podium in Oldsmar. Man, must feel good to not only get on the box, but especially at your hometown race. Yeah, it, I mean, a podium at Oldsmar, and then now I'm on coffee chatter after the podium, like... <laughs> doesn't doesn't get any better than that like they go hand in hand you know as they should but man yeah it feels great for sure this is this is the fucking peak for sure i can't yes. tell if we're getting sassed here right out of the gun here t no no ultimar was back to like obviously is sick to have it back on the schedule but it's back to like the like a mini world cup too yeah it was big and like I put in a lot of prep there and I just didn't really expect much. And then I kind of came away with a fifth and a podium. So, man, I was, yeah, I was hyped. Why didn't you expect much? Um, well, I didn't go to um, Houston. So I just, you know, and I hadn't raced for a while. So, well, since kind of since grands and, um, like I, I felt fast, but also like at the same time, I was just like, you know, I'm instead of going in like, oh, I need the podium, I need to get in the main. I was like, I'm just gonna go in here, like, be relaxed, have fun, try to stay as present as possible, and like enjoy the time, the like being in Florida and all that. And I feel like that's kind of just what helped me a lot over the weekend was instead of worrying about that end result uh, over the weekend, just kind of show up, take it for what it is and, you know, play the cards I got that I came in with really. It's a lot easier said than done a lot of times, eh? So hard. It's like, like, I feel like most pros kind of know, like the, mindset or the zone they got to be in at races to perform their best but then like maybe a bad lap or the wind or i don't know a bad week of tra like that's just overriding your confidence or that zone or it's keeping you from getting into that zone and it's you know it's frustrating for sure to kind of like know where you need to be in your head but you can't shut those little voices up inside <laughs> 
What was the uh, what was the winter like since Grand's? Like I know you you said you didn't do Houston and whatnot, but um, what'd your winter look like? Were you doing a lot of training, or were you working more on the uh, kind of everything else, like the yard and the the new property and whatnot? Yeah, so I would say that was kind of just like the biggest change for me. Like I feel like the end of last year, everything kind of just hit me. Like trying to train really hard, trying to work on my house and build what we call the acre brand farm here that like at the beginning of the year, I knew the season was going to get tough for me and I probably wasn't going to perform great, but like it happened. And then I still kind of got frustrated about it, even though I knew, but I think, you know, that's just like the racer inside of you. But so I was frustrated, but we made a lot of good progress on the place. And then I was like, okay, I just kind of need to reset, like get some rest and kind of go back to being uh, a full-time, you know, athlete. I've still been working a lot, but definitely managing the training and the resting a bit better. So to answer the question, yeah, I had a good winter prep and it definitely felt nice, like going to practice and like feeling fast and feeling prepared. That definitely gave me a lot of confidence going into Oldsmar. What gave you the idea for the farm? Um, I think just a lot of things played a part. Just I always had jumps in my backyard. So growing up in Dayton, Ohio, like people always came to my house and rode with me, my older brother, Josh, like Jeff would come out there, Tommy Zula, like everyone, we'd always just ride. So I feel like, growing up being young and having that like kind of I would say put that dream in my head without even knowing it and then definitely staying out uh at Nick's house there was like five or six guys in his house and I only stayed for like I think it was a month and a half maybe two months but I think just that doing that growing up and then when I moved to Florida with Will or into Will's house, there was an open bedroom and we would just always have like friends and come and stay. And then it kind of got to the point where people were like people that we didn't really know personally were asking to come like, Hey, do you have space for me to come and stay? And then just evolved to what it is now, really. I mean, you guys got a little, I don't know, a little empire there. Now you're building up. It's pretty cool. Like tell us about like how much, like how many, how much stuff do you got there now? Cause you clearly have a lot of rooms, a lot of people staying there. Everyone's been like, I've been watching the progress. You got your, your track now, two straightaways. You guys are building a new gym yep. now too, right? Yep. Yeah. So we got two, well, one's a barn. Hardly. It's like, it's falling apart. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> like I'm surprised it stayed up during that hurricane we got last September, but it did. Yeah. And then behind the barn was kind of like, I called it a pavilion, but it was like a barn, just didn't have any sides or anything on it. Okay. And uh, my dad came down and really just put in some work and showed Will and I what's up. And we kind of fixed that up and we're going to turn it into our new gym. But we got 15 acres. We have a three bedroom house. So Will and I have our own rooms. There's an open room now with like a a full size or queen size bed in it. And then on the back of our house, we have what we call the bunk room and it's got three bunk beds in there. So there's six beds total. 
It's got some storage space for clothes, like a fridge and a mini fridge and stuff like that. So anyone who kind of just hits us up on Acre Brand, like, hey, I need a place to stay or to sleep, then it's kind of like our little Airbnb for BMX riders. Dude, that's fucking sick. And it's cool. Like, you see it you see it a lot in, like, motocross and stuff. Like, there's different um, riding facilities and that where people can go stay and train on some on some land. Yeah. But you don't see it a lot in BMX. I think it's, yeah, I think it's awesome you guys have done that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like a baby for us right now it's only been really yeah. one year so it's it's came a long way in that year but i'm just stoked to you know have this to have people come and stay and train with me and i can help them or if they just need a place to sleep it's yeah i think it's a good deal all around i uh i saw it like it's pretty i think it's pretty cool that like i mean Barry's got his kind of yard that he does with freestyle jumps. Nick had his back in the day and whatnot. Um, how did you like, to, how did you figure out how to actually build your, like your track though? Did you just have to kind of figure it out on your own? I'm sure you didn't do it all by shovel either. <laughs> no. Yeah. We rented equipment and had some dirt brought in, but like growing up in Ohio, my brother and I always were in the backyards with shovels and stuff like that. And then my grandpa owned, a aggregates business so they sell mulch they sell dirt rocks sand gravel stuff like that so he's always had the machines and he would always let me and my brother borrow the machines and my dad always built dirt bike jumps for him and his friends when when they were younger so i just learned how to operate the machines and i have just built the track and it's not perfect like it, it could be way better than what it is but I don't know. I enjoy like going out there and building the jumps and doing all that. The track operators in Florida has helped us out big times with like the slurry and the soil tech. Like anytime I've asked any track operator, like any tips, they went above and beyond like helping me and helping me try to get this surfaced out so we can uh, ride it and not break our backs with shovels and stuff <laughs> trying to maintain it <laughs> yeah it looks sick now it looks really smooth and dialed i mean i don't know how long that took but i just look at the photos and whatnot it's yeah it's sick yeah it took too long it took about a year because like we built it then i was busy doing a bunch of races the summer came and like the whole thing grew with grass and weeds like as tall as me and then yeah it, it took a long time <laughs> I wish I had the like the cash to where I could just hire like Lee Lewis or yeah. Barking Ken to just come in and just give me something super dialed. But at the same time, like I said, I enjoy like being able to wake up and if I don't have to train, I can go out and just like start a project and in an hour or two hours, something is already looks better or it's nicer or, you know, so. yeah. Have you guys been able to make like a, like, I don't know, make an income off this? Cause I'm sure it's like an investment for you and Will obviously to buy the land and whatnot. And then yeah. for the house, are you guys able to make it, make it like affordable or profitable for you guys? Yeah. I mean, it's working pretty good. So just like we charge rent to everyone who's coming and, you know, we're able to pay our loans that we got from the bank and we're not like shoving money into our pockets, but 
we're able to pay the bills and we're doing small projects here and there when we have extra money. So it's definitely working. And I think by, you know, a few years from now when I slow down with racing and we kind of just, the main focus is this, which it is now, but I still, I still love racing and I still think I can get some more out of my career. So I want to do that too. So hard. Yeah. It's hard for me to balance because I love I love both of them. So, yeah, getting to getting to your career and everything. So, are the World Cups and Olympics obviously on your radar now? The next year and a half. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's it's tough without much support from USA Cycling. So, like, I don't know if I'll do Turkey, but I want to do the ones in Europe and South America for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. What do you? What do you think of the World Cups? Like, do you like, do you really like racing them? I know it's obviously different and you've done quite a few of them now. What do you think of it compared to the racing in the U.S.? Um, I love racing the World Cups. I love the atmosphere and just like being able to like, you know, being able to even like sign up for a World Cup is like pretty awesome in itself if you think about it, you know, and yeah. then. Yeah, just like I said, it's way more serious. It's a different vibe. I think it's awesome. I enjoy going to World Cups. It's kind of cool when you get to tell friends too, and people are like, oh, they're like, oh, where are you going for a race this time? Oh, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to South America. I got a World Cup race to actually go do. They're like, no way, yeah. that's fucking sick. <laughs> going to Colombia for a month. It's wild. Yeah. With yeah, um, that's. Go ahead. I was going to say, with the, obviously the U.S. is a competitive country to. Um, to qualify for the Olympics, what do you, what do you feel like you have to do to get on the team? Um, I think national champs will be important for sure. And then I think I got to go get a good result at a world cup. Like I, I need to get in the main and for sure. And then I think that'll kind of give me a spot and some funding. Yeah. How are they doing the, the funding for the trips and whatnot? I know most of the time they have like a small, it's a very small group of people. They unfortunately fund the trips. How's it working this year? Do you know? Yeah, it's, it's pretty much the same. Like we have our criteria, which I'm not like super knowledgeable of it, but it's the criteria is pretty tough. Like you got to be top 16 UCI points. You got to, you know, either like make a, the world's main, like to, um, and national champs podium is like another one. So That's cool. you actually, yeah, you got to have some credentials to be on that team. And I don't know as far as like the younger riders, cause I know they're trying to do their development thing with the younger guys and the U23. So, but as far as elite, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cutthroat. You gotta just, you gotta be careful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah, the U.S. criteria has always been tough and cutthroat, but I think it's good to hold a high standard. Yeah, you know, like yeah, you guys I mean, have so many riders, and it's like you can you can earn your way on, you know, like with some good yeah. results. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I think it could help if you know. I feel like the bigger the team you have over there, the better your odds. But again, like the World Cups, it's no joke. Like. I don't know. I feel like the French do good. Like they, I feel like there's always a lot of French guys like in French jerseys and I don't know if they're getting support or not, but it seems like they do. <laughs> they got one hell of a budget. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
They just bring the house. They just bring ten riders and like eight yeah. staff. Dude, who's got who's got a bigger budget for the year? The the fucking French BMX team or the Williams F one team? <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Yeah, they got not, Yeah. That's so. Um what are your plans for, for the year for the USA BMX stuff? Are you gonna kinda pick and choose which races you do? Or are you going for just, you know, normal do the series, try to get uh get up in the standings or what? Yeah, I mean I'm sure I'll be uh I mean, I missed Houston already, but I'm sure I'll be at the rest of the races. And then, yeah, like I said, I would love to do the World Cups. It's just tough, you know, to do that without much support other than DK and the sponsors I have. Yeah. Shout them out. Shout them out if you'd like. Shout out the sponsors. Yeah, DK, First Form, Gravely Mowers. They're they're keeping the dream alive. And then, of course, Acre Brand is... You know, it's given me a place to live. Hell yeah. I was going to ask about the mowers because I, I think that's pretty kind of random, but also really cool. So they've been able to help you guys out with some equipment. Yeah. So we got uh, a badass mower that we have 15 acres and I'm, I could probably mow. I haven't mowed it all in one day. Honestly, there's parts of the property like we haven't even mowed yet. It's just kind of <laughs> like a jungle right now, but I'm sure I could knock the 15 acres out in probably four or five hours. Jeez. Well, if I did it, if I did it straight. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Badass. That's one hell of a, yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Wow. Yeah. Um, James, should we do our game. Yeah. Jeremy, what do you think? We, we can't put a game that we could play, uh, together. What do you think here? So the game is, um, best, worst. So you got, we all got to give our opinion on the best thing and the worst thing of racing, training, and traveling. And the only thing is we'll, we'll do it all, you know, one by one, but you can't pick the same thing as the, the, anybody else. Okay. So are we going to go through, we'll go through the best and worst of one and then move to the other, or we we'll just go yeah. all best. And all yeah. We'll go best and worst. Of that. We're still snakes. So you'll give me Tori. You want to give, give the best. What's the best thing about BMX racing? Um, the racing part of it too. Yeah, I'd say the feeling of accomplishment of like getting on a big podium or something like that feeling of self accomplishment that you proved yourself you can do it. I think it's the best thing. That's a good one. Yeah, Jeremy, you want to go? Um, I would say so. We can't say the same thing, right? No, no. Okay, I would say just like the like the adrenaline rush, like when you're in that mid race and like it's. I don't know. It's like a little bit of everything. Like everything's happening so fast yet. So slow. Like mm. all your senses are like to the max heightened. And you're like, I don't know. It's like a legal, like a legal drug. I would say almost, you know, it absolutely yeah. it seriously is. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take uh best thing about racing is those, the moves you make on, if you, when you're passing somebody and you just absolutely basically pimp them up in a turn, you come across the line and know you just, you just wax their ass in the turn, made a move, pass them down straight away. You don't want to look back in your know, showboat, but you know, like you, you know, you just, you handled that guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's our guy. Jay Smooth, Jay Smooth's move on Cam in the second corner in the semi on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I set that up. I high load. I was like, uh, I can't clip his back tire or I'm going to eat it. And I just, 
I sent it. I didn't hit. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just pulled that off. Yeah, that was sick. That was that move was sick. Um, uh, worst thing. Yeah, worst thing. Um, I'd say when you're really struggling in racing and you just feel like you like you're not going fast and you're just like working your balls off and then getting like quartered or semi it just feels super hard to even make a like when you're stuck in a rut like that i think is one of the worst things yeah you just yeah it just feels like it's just an uphill battle everything i've been there many times (laughs) yeah that's tough i I mean i agree with you on that one i'm gonna have to say crashing since we can't say the same thing that was that was the other one i was thinking of yeah (laughs) that's the easy one yeah yeah um this is kind of a two-in-one i'm gonna take it's kind of the same thing you're either an unclip out of the gate or you hit the gate right off the bat those are two of my just pet peeves hate it because it feels like you just waste an entire race mm-hmm. right off the bat and you're like cool i just what am i what am i even doing up yeah. here why, why do you have to waste my time doing this lap now don't even get to race you feel like no it's just like cool i just watched everybody because i fucked up so so early i'd rather hit the gate than just be late because you're like man like I was that far off from just having like <laughs> the perfect gate. You guys are lucky I didn't pop it off. I was but, millimeters more. You, know, you, you, <laughs> you know, it's when funny. you're late, like you're still pedaling and you're cussing yourself like down the hill, just like fuck. That's what I was just gonna say. Like, you know, instantly in your mind, you're like you're halfway through your first pedal and you're like fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least when you hit it, you're like yeah. You, you guys got lucky. Yeah. <laughs> you guys don't even know what I was about to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, T. Uh, best thing uh, for uh, in training. Best thing about training. Best thing about training is like I miss those time. I don't miss training, but like I miss that feeling when you just feel like a fucking superhero. Like you just have a really good gym session or gate session or sprint session where you just feel like a savage and just feel like super powerful. I miss that feeling. That's a good feeling. Um, I would, I would have to say, if you can, if you have a group of friends that you know, like you meet up, have two friends, you meet them at the gym or at the track or for sprints. I think that's always just fun to mm-hmm. have a group to laugh and work hard and push each other, but also just to you know bullshit and have fun. Yeah. I got to say I'm the same that way too. I think I, I, I'll give a different answer, but I agree. Like it's one of the best things about training is just having, going to, going to work with the boys. Yeah. Going to work. It's just got to get it in. Um, favorite thing, best thing about training, uh, lighting up a PB time. That's just an all time yeah. feeling. If you've had a time on the board for months or even years on end and you start getting close, you know, it's the day and it's like, all right, I'm about to break it today. Um, today's the day. Yeah. Today's the day. Yeah. <laughs> Worst it's thing. only when you don't expect it, though. You just pop yeah. one off your... What? Yeah, that's kind of true, too. Ordinary. Uh, worst thing, you know those days when you're, like, super fried from training and you go to do gates and you just, like, you're, like, late one time, then you hit it, then you pop up, and you just can't even fucking do a gate and you just <laughs> keep getting frustrated? <laughs> those, those days are the worst. That's awful. Jay Smooth? Worst thing, training. Um, man, that's tough. I don't know. I like training. I mean, there's definitely the bad days, 
Um, I got one. I'll give you one. Go for it. I'm yeah, taking, go for it. I'm just taking a combination between sprints slash like end of week, like death sprints. I just absolutely hate them. Speed sprints, don't <laughs> mind. Just when you're bored, you're tired, you don't want to just do sprints. Ends of the week when you got to do just like interval sprints and you just know it's going to hurt. You know, for a week, you see that on the program, you know it's going to hurt. God, I hate that. That's that's for me. That's the worst. Some off-season shit? What, do you just get anxiety the night before knowing you're just going to put yourself in? <laughs> yes. I don't know. I, I might have to. Sometimes that's the best. Like, sometimes I'm in that mood where I'm just like, you know, I need to just punish my, I need to go do some lactic sprints and just make myself throw up. Like I've been slacking. <laughs> it's time to just, just like, you just talk, get yourself, you just talk yourself beforehand, Jeremy, you've been a bad boy. You're going to get punished. Yeah. Today. You just listen to some David Goggins and you're like, all right, I'm just going to go to sh- just destroy myself. <laughs> Man, I can't think of the worst one about training. I would just have to say like, I don't know if you got like a flat tire during a track session or anything like oh, that. Yeah. The best I can yeah, come up yeah. with right now. That sucks. You like get warmed up, you're doing gates, you got to change, and it's always the rear tire, so it takes you 10 yeah. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Never easy. Uh, All right. Yeah, best traveling T. Yeah. Best thing about traveling. Um, it's kind of cool just to like, uh, I don't know, see different scenery. Like you go to France or something and it just, I don't know, like you walk through the local town and it's just so different than North America and it's just kind of cool. Like you, I don't know, get a random coffee or go for a meal somewhere and it's just it's just fun to have a totally unique change of scenery. Go on. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I would say riding, just riding different tracks and then, of course, like what Tori said, the different scenery, but the different tracks and getting to try new food and all of that, switching up the routine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take something just completely not even like people probably, this is like a, an elite move is just getting into a random lounge with free food, free drinks, and just yeah. chilling. <laughs> when you when you have a layover that's like, I don't know, three, four hours, you know it's going to suck, but you get free food and free drinks out of it, it makes it a whole lot better. Yeah. I'll take that. You want, a, there's all all the business guys and you walk into the track suit you're like yeah i'm just a pimp i don't know what to yeah. tell you <laughs> uh, uh, that's the baddest part worst. of the best part too when they think you don't deserve to be in there you shouldn't be in there you're like yeah actually yeah. i'm yeah. i just walk right in here thanks and some vans like, joggers yeah yeah <laughs> um worst thing i would say just being away from like girlfriend and home like i just love being home fair yeah, I would say like any flying for sure, any delays, and then your first flight's delayed, you missed your connection flight, then you're in Detroit for 24 <laughs> hours or something like that. It's just that's frustrating. It sucks. Yeah. That's part of like yeah. that's kind of part of my I'll, mine is going to be like uh, I had this issue trying to book my flight. It's just like trying to find good flights on a budget sometimes sucks. Is when the prices go up, you get screwed. And then same thing, yeah. like, yeah, you start having, if you miss your flights, then you have to pay for it. You have to find a way to get a, another flight because we don't have travel agents that just book everything all the time for us. That part of it sucks. Yeah. I was trying if to- only we, 
enough money to have like a travel agent and you're just like all right i'm leaving on monday like they just send you and you're like oh okay yeah they just send you the info yeah you know you're getting the best flight option too you're not getting the shitty one with like a stupid layover or something like that too Well, Jay Smooth, we appreciate you coming on, man. Good to chat to you. I'm stoked for you to get a podium, man. Love watching your ride and good work. Oh, are we not done yet? No, we, got, we got some quick shots. Okay, let's do oh, it. Oh, sorry. I just, I just gave him a cool compliment anyway. Uh, no, you're good, yeah. <laughs> sorry, we got questions from the grandstands now. What I said is still valid, Jay Smooth. Let's just have that on the record. <laughs> um, First one here from, we'll do, are the, are the beers cold 34? Still the best Instagram handle ever. Uh, what's your favorite track in the world? That's just a massive question. That's tough. Um, I'm just going to have to go with Pop and Doll right now. I don't know. Love it's that packed. track. Yeah. It might change. Like, um, a, like if you ask me that question some other time, it could be a different track. But yeah. yeah. We'll go with that. Um, from Ben and Hal, what's the next big project y'all have on the acre farm? Yeah, so Banyan stayed with us during the Oldsmore race, and after the race, we've been working on this barn out back, and we got to get some concrete out there to obviously set our weights and stuff on, and then we'll be back in action. Well, not we we got a little gym area now, but we'll be upgraded by then. That's pretty good. Um, from Gene Ganson, thoughts on wearing a neck brace to the races? Would you also ride a neck brace even if you weren't sponsored? Um, He's got a lot of questions. This guy. Oh, no, I think I think the neck braces are good. Um, I just I got one when I was like fourteen, and then I just literally never stopped riding without it. I don't like. I don't know, like. I mainly got it because, like, all the motocross guys were wearing Lies. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's safe. Yeah, let me. And then I just never took it off. So I have noticed, like, if I crash and I kind of get, like, that whiplash, I notice, like, my helmet will hit the brace first, and I feel like it kind of slows that that whiplash down instead of going just from, like, the ground to – or your head just smacking Mm. the ground, but – I think if you can ride with it comfortably, then it's not a bad thing to have. Agreed. Yeah. I, I used mine for years too. And I, I think it's good to race with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, from coach Brandy, love to hear about his change from listening to the beeps to watching the lights. I didn't realize he switched. Interesting. Yeah. After grands, um, I just, I felt like my gates were a little inconsistent and that was probably because I should have been doing some more gates, but um, I, everyone says it's way, you know, you have a better chance of having a faster reaction with watching the lights. So it's something I picked up. It's something some people recommended me trying and I just tried it and never haven't looked back since. So it's only been really since I would say like January of this year. Oh shit, hey, wow. I think it's I think it's easier too. Like for instance, if you're in a stadium and there's a lot of background noise, it's easier to react to something visual than yeah. hear something. I noticed that like just since I started watching them, 
I haven't like even thought about like, oh, it's noisy or oh, there's this noise yeah. and stuff like that, which has been nice for sure. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, from Johnny Holshot, Nick Long. <laughs> Ask Jeremy Smith what his favorite story from his time at the lake lakeside house is. <laughs> it's probably uh, too many you can't share. There's too many. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, you know how you talk about having the coffee chatter after dark, like <laughs> those are that's where the stories need to be told but that was a a great time i made a awesome friend uh with nick and then also batia furland because we shared a room there but that was a a blast and we were flooring it like with everything that we did like training riding working out partying like it was to the max all of it and yeah it was a great time um, from high peak cycles, how long is your top tube and stem length? I got a 22 inch top tube with a 60 millimeter stem. 60, fuck yeah. 60, yeah. Make it a limo, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love it. Um, from Scott Brohagen, on race day, would you rather have cold pasta or a PB and banana sandwich? Um, I don't eat a whole lot when I'm racing, so what's your race? Neither of those. I usually eat a pretty big breakfast, and then honestly, I don't. Something like during Oldsmore, I have some Skittles just to have a little bit of sugar, and I think that's the only thing. Like I maybe ate was like two or three handfuls of Skittles. No way. <laughs> <laughs> maybe i don't know maybe i'll eat a banana or something but i usually don't eat a whole lot i might make a protein shake and like sip on that here and there but i don't know uh i'm out of quick shots got any more james i got um i got two more this one i mean we probably talked about before but cameron wing what's the benefit of flipping the stem it seems to be a trend what do you think the benefit is Jeremy? um i think it's I don't have a flip stem. I just run top load, normal setup. But I think it's something they're trying to do with that leverage to the king plus the low bars. I don't know. People going low, low these days. Yeah. Um, you got to ask the PD guys that question. I know they got <laughs> that figured out. They run their thing low and then just put a bunch of spacers underneath too. It kills me. <laughs> All right. Uh, last one from Austin Smith. Guest three, Acre Farm Whole Shot Challenge. When? Yeah, maybe <laughs> one day. Like we want to. I got so many ideas that I want to do, but yeah, I want to have like a the Acre Games and have just a bunch of different random <laughs> stuff like first straight time or gate time and just some like completely off, not off the wall like events, but something random that doesn't have to do with bmx like can you ride one of our cows or <laughs> how many chickens can you catch in an hour <laughs> i tune into that youtube channel if i was doing that yeah. i need to get shippy out here to get them to ride one of our cows yeah yeah that'd be funny <laughs> well awesome jason we really appreciate you coming on man it's good to chat with you we appreciate your time 
Yeah, thanks for having me back. Having me back on, guys. I, I appreciate it, and it was good talking to you. Good luck the rest of the season, Jeremy. I'll uh, see you in Rock Hill, I assume. Yes, I'll be there. Hell yeah! Right on. All right, man. Chat soon. Later. I had to exit out. Uh, there we go. Jeremy Smith, everybody. Jeremy Smith, everybody. Hold on. Hold the phone. Hold the phone. There we go. Good to chat to Jay Smooth. It's been a while since we had him on the show. I think we had him on. Got to be a few years ago now. I was trying ago. to think about that when we were talking about Acrebrand because obviously I remember I thought we talked about it on the show a little bit, but we might not have. That's how long ago it might have been. I think we had him on, yeah, a few years ago now. So cool to cool to uh, get Jay Smooth on. You know what I like about having repeat guests on more often now is we can kind of get in a little more of the, you know, the nuts and bolts, the bullshit, the fun stuff, you know. It doesn't always have to be I, I like hearing about people's stories, but it's fun just having a conversation with people about random shit too. Like his his farm and his, his that whole thing. It's fun just to have a catch up, like a like a, a recent catch up. Like a coffee chatter catch up, like what we would do over coffee. Yeah, like we just sit and just that's literally what we would talk about, I think, if we just met up for fun. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he'll have a good year this year, starting off with a podium. Big podium at that. I think so. Yeah, huge one. I mean, we talked about Oldsmar being like a pre World Cup race. Like that's it's a huge one to get a podium at. Yeah. We also want to catch up with Alfredo Campo yeah. coming up. We need to do that. Um, speaking of which, we are, we're big on the you know, USAB mech stuff, but Serion's had a C1 race. That was pretty big. Did you catch any of it? I didn't catch any of it. I just saw like Instagram results, basically. That's, yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's all I saw, too. That counts. Looked windy as uh, shit. But... I saw that, too. Yeah. Where am I looking um, congrats to a friend of the show, Ross Cullen. Fuck, he's fast. Congrats on the on the dub. I mean, I think he's gonna have a big year. I think he's gonna make a World Cup main this year, and probably multiple of that, especially with um, the worlds, the home worlds. I think he'll do well at the world. So I look for a big year out of Ross, starting off well. What about a podium? Do you think for Ross is that a, is that a potential this year? You think? Yeah, I think it is definitely a potential. But I would say he'll be in multiple mains, and then yeah, I would say definitely podium potential this year. Definitely, yeah, I would agree. Um... I, not that I, I want to see Sylvan ever crash. I don't like seeing that one bit. About time, you know, that guy tried to make some, you know, sneaky little inside move and gets caught <laughs> off guard a little bit and takes, I don't want to say takes, I don't want to see him take a digger, but he took a digger because of it. That's a cool track. I mean, talk about legit fair track. Really good. Seems like it, hey? Yeah. Very French, good rhythm section, very tech. So even the second straight track. technical, yeah. I was going to say home race for Sly Vane. Yep. That's got to feel good. I feel like there's a bunch. Dude, Serion's is the new hotspot in, in Europe to train at right now. What the hell's going on? Mm. It feels like so many. Like, uh, Simon's been there all winter. He still races? <laughs> I don't, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess he does. Apparently, wow, he came back. Dude, I didn't that. even know he still races. It's crazy. Yeah, dude, it is. Seriously, that is the new... Dude, they have so many tracks compact in Europe. So many tracks you can drive to. Yeah. It's wild, isn't it? Yeah, fuck, man. There's so many good ones. You can, like, even within 10 hours, which is, like, unbelievable long drive for a lot of people in Europe compared to what we do in North America. But you have so many good tracks you can drive country to country and just train on. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, it's wild that like everyone seems to just drive around to these different tracks and races in Europe too, which doesn't really happen in the U.S. I feel like Florida is a hot spot. People drive around Florida, but they're not driving state to state a lot. Of, like I mean, state yes they do. They're not driving across the country all the time though for for different little C one races or races like this. No, and especially in Europe too, because you can travel so freely between countries. Like it's a lot harder outside of Europe to do that. I mean, yeah. you obviously can go country to country, but it's it's not as straightforward. No, that's for sure. Um, yeah, so we're on to, uh, we're on to Rock Hill in a couple weeks. It's coming up a few weeks away. Um, going to be exciting. It's just staple, staple in the USA series. I mean, we're getting to the point where we're going to have the, just the regular staples cycles of the races, uh, for the U S it's cool. Yes, we are. Um, we got anything else for this show? Or are we, are we good? I think we're good. Yeah, we're good. So. Progate Europe winning starts the great gate. Jay smooth, phenomenal starter on his Progate Europe. You're going to want to get one, people. It's the only way to have a great gate to win. you got to get a pro gate Europe. So, Thanks for everyone tuning in on the YouTube chat. Thanks for everyone listening. Um, Mitchie's in the chat. He said, hey, boys, we'll just give him a quick hey. And um, don't forget, snap on green, T. Snap on green. See you guys. Well, what's this friggin' podcast all about? I don't get it, man. Coffee chatter? Get off my back, guys. <laughs> you have to be fast in the truck. I hate that guy. <laughs>